0: Just looking at it whole, everything like that, like, okay, this is a moment where you can be better, where I can be better. Yeah. Not just my kids or my employees, but like where I can learn. Welcome to Hustle & Gather, a podcast about inspiring the everyday entrepreneur to take the leap. I'm Dana. And I'm Courtney. And we are two sisters who have started multiple businesses together. And yes, it is as messy as you think. Because we know that starting a business isn't easy.
1: I mean, we've done it four times. And on this show, we talk about the ups and downs of the hustle and the reward at the end of the journey.
0: And this year, we're talking with our guests about three important topics in our entrepreneurial journey, like team building work-life balance, and how to
1: recover from tragedy, both in business and in life. But up first is team building, because we know that as business owners, we're only as strong as our weakest link. We'll be talking about how to build, motivate, and empower your team.
0: In our last episode, we talked with Dean about how he builds, retains, and trains a large team of excellent service professionals in all different roles of his business.
1: So this week, the two of us are talking about the lessons we learned from Dean about business and life and some of the mistakes that we've made along the way.
0: Oh, I love that conversation. Well, I love Dean in general. I love Dean in general. Yes, I know.
1: I I I always love talking to Dean.
0: I feel like he's on like the same wavelength as us, which I
1: appreciate. I do think that. But then I'm like, does Dean make everybody feel that way? Maybe. Mm, I don't know. Could not Mm. just be us. I think what's amazing to me is hearing him like... Say, you know, he has 90 full-time staff and 180 part-time staff. And it is a really big operation. I'm fairly certain that Rocky Top's trying to take over the whole catering market in the triangle. But he's so approachable. Like, I I can't tell you how many times, like, I've walked into Rocky Top and there's Dean. Mm -hmm. You know, or, like, if I'm having – if we're, like, talking through something with the bar package or if we're, you know, talking with something with Kevin, like, Dean will pitch in and give his two cents. Mm -hmm. And we've brought our class to Rocky Top like his ability just to kind of like step in and mm-hmm. like teach the class and go over like sustainability things mm-hmm. or like what it means to be a great employee. He did that this year. And like his ability to just take the time out for I that know. is always amazing to me. I
0: know. But I think it speaks back to who he is when he talked a lot about his like philanthropy and yeah. how even talking about that one employee about, you know, no question I'm gonna pay you. Yeah, you know, for for the time that you're out. Like it's just it's just a kindness.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I do think yeah. that.
0: Okay, let's let's dig in. What was your overall favorite thing?
1: My overall favorite statement that he made, and I think you can apply it to so many things, is that all the little stuff is the big stuff. I know. I thought, wow, that's very profound. But don't you feel like you should, like, frame that? Yeah. You should, but
0: also <laughs> internalize that when you're dealing with your uh, preteen.
1: Yeah. Wait, I don't know if I can. All the little stuff is the big stuff? Oh, my God, everything's big then. <laughs> Well, I know, but I'm,
0: but I'm saying for them, like they're having these like big emotional things, and you're yeah. like, oh, this is so little. tiny and
1: little, but, but it's, big to, it's them. big to them. Okay, yeah, probably that perspective. Yeah, yeah, but I think that's true. I think I think that relationships, whether that is, you know, being someone's boss or being a colleague or being a partner or being mm-hmm. a friend or a sister, it's all about the little things, right? It's very rarely about the big grand gestures, mm-hmm. right? Right. It's all about like. All the times they had your back or all the positive comments or all the reinforcing Mm -hmm. things that reinforce your relationship and how they feel about you that I think are the big things. Right. Right. I think it's so true, and I think it's true in business. When you're talking about leading a team, I think that's so true. It's all the little things that make up the big things. Yeah.
0: I totally agree. Yeah.
1: What was your favorite overall?
0: I I don't know if it's similar, but when you said don't sweat the nonsense, Mm -hmm. I just felt like that really spoke to me because I sweat the nonsense a lot. Yeah. You know, and I think it's it's interesting, like, just putting it into perspective of saying, like, don't worry about every little thing. Like, going back to the, he was talking about the person that had knee surgery, and he's like, no question, like, I'm going to pay you. And I think, I don't know if I would have had that same reaction. Maybe I would have. Maybe, maybe I would have eventually gotten there, right, if I had thought about it, because I think I would have worried about, like the bottom line, a little mm-hmm. bit, you know. And for him saying, in the grand scheme of things, what would the cost? I'm sure he's thinking like, what would the cost be to this person isn't going to come back, or it's they're, you know, feel like they're not valued, and so then you have to hire somebody else and set training and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Like, is to me it, normally that nonsense? It all washes out in the end. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I thought I thought that was really interesting to think. I feel like when you get into those cycles of like, do I need to be worried about this or not? It's like, don't sweat. It doesn't really matter, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I tend to think like once you get to a certain point in business, you know, $10,000 either way, it's not going to make or break your business for sure. And I I mean, I've never thought through, oh, what if an employee like that situation happened? All of ours are on salary. So yeah, but we like paid
0: those. we've paid like crazy maternities. Yeah.
1: I almost feel like it's like, like we're mandated to pay that, but no,
0: but we are. But I mean, but we're mandated to pay six weeks. And we pay twelve weeks, fifteen weeks. We right, pay with, right. what they need, right. what they want. You know.
1: Yeah, but I totally love that. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's what I think. I think you can't get too much in the nitty gritty, right? Or you've missed the big picture, right? Yeah, right. not get hyper focused on just that small, yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. So what about? business advice or is business? Yeah.
0: So, um, it's when he said that, that old adage, like no one can do your business like you can, like no one can do it as well as you can. And he's like, I don't subscribe to that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and agreed. But what's so funny is this had to have been, this is right after our first planner did their wedding, the first wedding. Right. Mm-hmm. And it did not go well. Yeah. And I remember I came home, and I was just, like, really frustrated. And I was like, I don't understand. She's This person's been with us for a, a year and a half. She's She understands how we're working. These mistakes were silly mistakes. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like just really defeated about it. And Sam sent me this video, and it was a man who had developed a razor for bald people. Basically, it's like a hand razor for them to shave their head mm-hmm. easily. And he's telling the story about how – He went out and he had hired a guy basically as, hey, you're going to go out and help me sell these razors and you, for every razor you sell, you're going to make a dollar $2 or whatever. So he sends these people out. The first day he comes back, he had sold like hundreds of razors, two, three hundreds. And someone, one guy only sold 25, one guy sold 50 and whatever. Mm -hmm. And he was just like, so like, why, like, why aren't you, why, like, why are you being so unsuccessful this or whatever? And what he realized was that no one can sell my business, can sell my products like I can. Mm -hmm. No one can do the job as well as I can because I am the boss, because I care the most about it, whatever. And Sam had sent that to me to tell me, like, that's why you're frustrated Mm -hmm. because no one's going to do the job as well as you are. And I lived by that Mm -hmm. for many years. Like many years, I believed that was the truth. And it wasn't until we hired someone that was better than me Mm -hmm. that I realized, That's not actually how it's supposed to be at all. Yeah. Like, and I think back to that story of the man selling the razor, and it's because you didn't instill a value in them. Mm -hmm. They didn't find a purpose in what they were doing. Right. They were motivated purely by money and not by the product that you're selling. Whereas I can look at our team now, and they are motivated by the job that they do and the team that we have, right? And the clients that we serve. And the clients that we serve. That's what they love, which is why they do that job and can do that job better than I can. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just think it's super interesting that he said that because I lived by that for so many mm-hmm. years until I was like, that's actually not
1: true at all. Interesting. The question is, does Sam believe that?
0: I think does he, he does th- now. I mean, I, he wasn't trying. I think he was just trying to encourage me. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, for sure. You know, but and he knows now that like mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, there's proof. I mean, I tried to sell the Bradford and I did. And we were like, oh, it's great. My percentages were better than the person before. And then Molly comes along and like tripled that. Yeah. And I was like, apparently I can't sell the Bradford very well.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I will take, I will sit down.
1: That's right. <laughs> I'll take a pass. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. Like mm-hmm. I've always, I love the comment that I always want to be the weakest link mm-hmm. on my team. Mm-hmm. Like I'm always hiring for my holes. Yeah. You know, like and think that I'm not good at. I want mm-hmm. to hire someone that's much better at that. And I, I think there is a certain amount of introspection that Mm -hmm. it takes to be able to hire someone that you know is better
0: a a, a lot of like humble humbleness
1: but then also it it is a lot of like humility but then also there's a lot of pride i Mm -hmm. think when you have like a real amazing person that's just banging it out and Mm -hmm. they work for you Mm -hmm. you know like they're supporting your vision right and you've hired them like you recognize that in them and you know they're kicking ass and taking names i feel a lot of ownership of and pride for that too right so yeah yeah, i definitely think that's uh I think that's where a lot of small businesses get hung up. I think so, too. Like, and especially when you have, like, that kind of controlling nature mm-hmm. and whatnot, like, realizing that mm-hmm. just because you think that doesn't necessarily mean it's true. Well,
0: oh, yeah. And I think what's hard, too, is a lot of small businesses are, are creative businesses. Yeah. And so you have someone, a small business person who's an artist. A hundred percent, you're not going to hire someone to paint some pictures, right? Yeah. But you can weird. hire someone to run your social media, mm-hmm. to run your books, to yeah. run your um, client-facing things. and. And they could do that better than you, yeah. right? And whereas you're like, oh, no one's going to be able to like have my voice on socials or no one's going to be able to write the emails how I want to write them and, yeah. you know, communicate with my clients in this way. And and I think that's where the falseness comes in. Yeah. What was your favorite business takeaway?
1: I totally agree with this, but um, I like how he just said it really well, was that the problem with most employees that don't work out is because you've hired too late and you fire too late. And I think that's so So true. true. Like, you need to hire Uh, before you're in critical mass, right? Right. Because you don't have the time to train and onboard that person, and Mm -hmm. you're throwing them to the wolves, and Mm -hmm. everyone else is at the end of their rope. Mm -hmm. So that's when I think you can end up with a mass exodus, right? Mm -hmm. And I also think that firing too late, when you just held on longer than you know, and you haven't trusted your gut in that Mm -hmm. situation, and maybe try to rationalize some things away, I think that right it's so true like I just I've lived that you know
0: yeah I like and I like to said that he keeps a deep bench Mm -hmm. like if he knows he needs nine he's hiring 11 yeah and 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 I think that comes with the ability to do that like to have the revenue to be able to do that but I think it's a really interesting like perspective of because I feel like every business advice would tell you to keep lean margins right yeah but I feel like for for what it is like there's so much riding on customer service and that hospitality that you, you need bodies. Like you need people to be able to.
1: And I think we're moving towards that. I think Mm -hmm. we're like for the Bradford, especially like we're looking at a deep bench, Mm -hmm. right? There's multiple layers between failure, you know, like Mm -hmm. there's lots of people that could step in. Um, And it's like, could you run it leaner? Yeah. Like, could you Mm -hmm. require more? Absolutely. Would it be the same service? Probably not. Right. You know, if someone were to fall sick, are there many people that could step in? Yes, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like thinking through. Ultimately, you know, what are your goals? What's your value? What you, was your company need at that time? I think is right. key. Yeah, but yeah. It definitely comes with like some amount of privilege for sure to be able to keep a deep bench. There was times where that wasn't an option. Right. We. So it's almost like being a coach. Yeah. You know.
0: Oh yeah, that's where the analogy comes from.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. What was a personal takeaway?
0: Mm. I really liked how he approached failure and disappointment mm-hmm. in his staff. Like he said, they have 17 tries, or 17 attempts, and after each one, it's a, is this a teachable moment? Mm-hmm. And I really, I really loved that. And I, and I think it's how I parent. Yeah. And Courtney always says, I'm an after-school special. Yes, she is. It's true. But I believe that that is my job as a as a parent is to teach them why they failed without yeah. like making them feel terrible about themselves, you know, but bringing, teaching them how they could be better next time and understand that this failure doesn't, is necessarily like a consequence to it. Right. Right. So I really loved that. And I think it it definitely bleeds into work life as like my work life as well. Cause I do struggle a little bit when our team fails and it's not that I give up and I'm like, Oh, this is terrible you failed and I don't want to teach you anything but it's more recognizing where did the failure come from right because it's it's, yes teachable moment for them but it's also for me as well Like, where have I failed them that they thought it was okay to do this or whatever so I don't know I thought that was a really great takeaway
1: I I totally think that like I one you're dealing with people like failure is inevitable Mm -hmm. right and I think that it's for me it's not ever about the failure Mm -hmm. like going to happen like I expect it but it's what can we learn from that failure how can we do things differently how can we to the best of our abilities prevent that from happening in the future and so it's more about like taking ownership of that failure and what Mm -hmm. you can learn from it I think that is the most important aspect
0: but isn't right and I think that's so key is that's that's what makes things teachable is Mm -hmm. taking ownership for it yeah And and it's very similar like recently Um, Henry, it was like this weekend, he was like, I really want to watch a TV show. And I was like, okay, cool. You can watch a TV show, but you can just watch one. Mm -hmm. So when your show ends, turn off the TV and come downstairs, we'll play a game or whatever. He's like, okay. And I, and I told him again, I was like, you're just watching one. He's Mm -hmm. like, okay, okay. So he goes upstairs, me and Sam were hanging out and like just time passes. And Sam's like, shouldn't that TV show be over by now? And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot he was watching TV. So I go upstairs and I open the door and he had just, the show had just ended. And I was like, did you watch two one or two shows and he's like i watched two and he was like immediately like upset about it Mm -hmm. and i was like you know what when you're ready to talk about it come downstairs and what you and what you feel like we should do what what should we do as your parents so he comes downstairs and he's like and henry's just a very emotional kid so he's like on the verge of you know his Mm -hmm. little lip is quivering and he's like i just feel like i should not be able to watch screens for two weeks
1: oh my gosh (laughs) i
0: was like whoa 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 (laughs) i don't agree with that Mm -hmm. and i was like "Well, well I said but the problem isn't you watching TV.
1: Mm-hmm. Right?
0: That's not the problem. Like the the failure didn't happen that you watched TV. The failure happened that you didn't have discipline for yourself. Mm-hmm. That you said and you had told me you were just going to watch one and you didn't have enough discipline to hold yourself accountable to that. Yeah. Right? So what I want you to do is we're going to take this week and I want you to do something that requires discipline. Mm-hmm. Like what what do you what have you wanted to do and that you have failed on and you haven't followed through and he's like well i really i've been really i really want to get up in the morning and run a mile and i was like okay so this week you're going to get up every morning at 6 mm-hmm. and you're going to run a mile like have discipline hold yourself accountable mm-hmm. to it you know cuz i was like i don't want him to ever feel like his actions are like like punishable yeah. because he's just a person, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, how many of us are like, I'm only going to be on Instagram for 30 minutes. You're on it for an hour. No, I punished myself that I don't get Instagram for two
1: weeks.
0: (laughs) No, like, you know what I mean? Like he's just a person, Yeah. yeah. you know? And so, and I think that I really, really loved just looking at it whole, everything like that. Like, okay, this is a moment where you can be better, where I can be better. Yeah. Not just my kids or my employees, but like where I can learn. Okay, what did I? What did has I? Has he gotten up wrong? and ran? He
1: has all okay. morning,
0: all since Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah.
1: Well, that's nice. I know. Yeah.
0: And he and he's so much happier in the morning. Like yeah. he's more awake. He takes a shower every morning.
1: Okay. And like this, is he goes and runs good. by himself.
0: Yeah, we have a little headlamp. We make him run the the neighborhood hill. Okay. And then back
1: down. So. Look at you. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, after school program I continues. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> My favorite personal, and it could be business personal, whatever, sure. again, because I obviously I think that was very business conversation. It was conversation, very, yeah. But um, I like how you said not to let money get in the way mm. of your general kindness. I know. And I thought that was so good because so I think good. that's life, but also in business. And even like when he's talking about like his philanthropy, mm-hmm. you know, like what they do for the community obviously comes off the bottom line, yeah. you know, but he doesn't let that dissuade him from doing, you know, what's right and what's being a kind human. And I think that that's a great takeaway for life.
0: Oh, I totally agree. And I think it's like people like him are how, so it makes the world a great place, I know. you know?
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know. It's just, I hope, and I, we do as much as we can with the money that we have. We do give back, but we just, we don't have a ton of it right now to where we're like, okay, we can, well, I guess we could donate space. We would always donate space, you know, but I know for him like that hard cost is much more different than just a space, you know, it's very, very expensive. But yeah, I just, I think it's one of those things that kind of going back to that value of who you are. And I I hope that is how our business is looked at.
1: Yeah.
0: Is that we care about other people and that we understand the, Advantages, the privileges that we have, and we want to give back to the community.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely like that. There's those big things like giving back to the community, and we've supported Interact for years and whatnot. You know, with monthly monthly stuff and donations and space and all of those kind of things. But I think also it's right back into the world that you directly influence, like mm-hmm. our employees. Like we don't let money get in the way of doing the right thing by them. Like whether right. that's you know celebrations. What we eat in the office, benefits that we give, you know, Mm -hmm. our accountant tells us every year, like you don't have to pay this much in benefits. Like they can pay a portion and we're like, it's just not how I want to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, so like going back to, yeah, it costs more money, but that doesn't mean that's not the reason why you shouldn't do the right thing. Right. And affect those people around you. So I think it doesn't have to always be, because I think sometimes it's like, oh, well, when I get to this point in business, Mm -hmm. I'm definitely going to, it can just be something small. Sure. You know what I mean? It doesn't right. have to be a big, huge thing. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think the first thing we did because we didn't have a lot of money was was office snacks,
1: yeah. And we
0: put it in the budget each year. And I think our first office snacks was like we're going to spend a hundred dollars a month on office snacks, yeah. and that's what we're going to budget twelve hundred dollars. And within that, what you want, we'll, we'll buy it for you. And it will be here in the office. Yeah. And um, really was a lot of Lacroix, and it was. pretty much just Lacroix and some chips, lots yeah. of chips, lots and Lacroix, of chips. yeah, bags of chips.
1: It's but strange how it's evolved over the years. You
0: now it's like hummus and guacamole and cheese, RX bars and, and, and RX cheese bars. and nuts. Lacroix, Lacroix, still, mm-hmm. still strong,
1: still strong. Yeah.
0: But yeah, I mean, absolutely right. Like I think you're that for those people out there that aren't in that same financial space, that money, it, it could really be in any form. Yeah, you know, like things. Think about things that you know can show your gratitude and appreciation for sure. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was great. I do too. Yeah. I think
1: it's also like even like really practical like on a personal level like sometimes when I like in a store and I just see something for a friend or like mm-hmm. for a kid or for whatever I'm like they would really love that what's that like five or ten dollars going to do to my bottom line right probably nothing right you know like just do it yeah like don't overthink it and just do the right thing yeah so getting to the last thing where we have really effed it up kind of thinking through this there's conversation. a lot of places I felt like oh yeah for sure we did. Yeah, but what really struck me is the whole conversation concerning the problem that he was having, like with his part-time staff, and we've had a lot of part-time or... Like three-quarter
0: time, I guess. Three-quarter
1: time or uh, like 1099, like mm-hmm. contracted Contracts. staff, and how we have not really done proper onboarding or extended our company culture mm-hmm. to that staff. And I think that him recognizing that makes me think, that's really what we did too. And mm-hmm. that could be why we had this similar... Yeah. Similar issues. I wouldn't say it
0: wasn't proper onboarding because yeah. we had an onboarding system for that kind of staff. It's just was the assumption that they didn't need to buy into our company culture because they weren't in the office, right?
1: Because they weren't affecting it,
0: right? So but, then, well, why would it matter? Yeah, but it does. And it ma- but it, ma- it matters so much. Yeah, so much. Like assistants having a bad attitude, mm-hmm. like. You're know, like, oh, well, they're they're just there on the day. I'm like, well, they're a reflection of us. Yeah. And there's been many times we fired assistants because of bad attitudes yeah. and whatnot. So yeah, I thought that was. I definitely feel like we have failed greatly in that. And like even now today, like we have our one of our 1099. We're going to have lunch with them just to get to know them a little bit better, yeah. so she can know who we are and and whatnot because it's important. Yeah. Like we don't. I don't think I've ever ever met this person.
1: I don't either.
0: Yeah. So because we have a manager that did all the hiring and yeah. all that stuff. And so, but like having her understand that we aren't these like faceless, like mm-hmm. people up in here, you know, like that yeah. we, we are still super involved in in all these things and want to be involved in her life and know who she is and whatnot. Right. So yeah. that was great. But
1: great what episode. do you,
0: yeah. So what do you think in terms of like, he talked about doing that culture extension and he talked about a very practical level, like their first shift was kind of bringing yeah. them into the fold. For us, what are things that you feel like we could do to do that?
1: I think like having like an assistant kickoff at the beginning mm-hmm. of the year, mm-hmm. like do some sort of thing where we get all the assistants together and it good, doesn't yeah. even have to be like at our space. It could sure. just, we could just meet somewhere that's, right. you know, communal. So everyone kind of has a face to a name and we right. get to know them a little bit more personally, you know. Definitely touching base like throughout the year, making mm-hmm. sure like having those one-on-ones, getting some of their feedback. Like, because we're constantly given feedback from the planners on the assistants, but mm-hmm. not really from the assistants on the planners or right. like what they liked or what how we could improve. We never really asked right them that right. So I think just looking for their feedback. So like, oh, we, your opinion does matter to us, right? <laughs> so I think some of those like practical things would be a yeah. way to kind of extend that culture mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, it's a good
0: idea. Yeah, good job. Oh, thanks. Good brainstorming. <laughs> yeah. way to think that through. Yeah. Well, but that was a great episode. I think he, Dean has has figured it out.
1: I've always I've always admired Dean. I, yeah. I've always like really ex, uh, respected his mm-hmm. business expertise and yes. his kind of uh, non emotional approach to yes. you know navigating hard times and right. pivoting and growing his team totally. and keeping people motivated towards a common goal even when it's not easy. Right. Right. Yeah. I totally agree. Thanks everyone for gathering with us today to talk about team building. To learn more about Rocky Top Catering, you can visit rockytopcatering.com or follow at rocky underscore top underscore caters on Instagram. And to learn more about our hustles, visit us on the gram at CD Events, at the Bradford NC, at anthem.house, and at hustle and gather. And if you're interested in learning more about our speaking, training, or venue consulting, head to our website at hustleandgather.com.
0: And if you love us and you love this show, we'd be more than honored if you left a rating and a review.
1: This podcast is a production of EarFluence. I'm Courtney. And I'm Dana. And we'll see you next time on Hustle & Gather.